when I take him outside to go to the bathroom, he stares at me while pooping. <laughs> and then when he's done, Don't make when he's contact. done, runs at me full speed with a big smile waiting for his treat. <laughs> and, and it's bad when all of a sudden you're in the house and he runs up to you with a big smile on his face. Good afternoon. You're listening to episode 172 of PHP Ugly, the only podcast banned in 34 countries. I'm your host, Eric Ann Johnson. With me, as always, my partners in crime, Thomas Rideout. Hello. And John Conkin. Hello, hello. What are 34 countries? Where are they? Can you rattle them off real quick? Yeah, uh, pretty much all of them that starts with A and B and a couple of C's. Just so you know. Just alphabetical there, slowly banning us. Yeah, yeah, we're just working our way through through the alphabet. <laughs> How's everybody doing? We got all three of us together. It's been a few weeks. Oh, good. Did you listen to last week's show, Thomas? Did you cry? I did you laugh? Did not. No? Where you been, nope. man? You've been MIA. I mean, you were only on the show, but you've kind of been silent. I haven't heard a lot about you. I've been you. busy. I know you got a new puppy. I've, yeah, so I I skipped the whole like raising babies thing by just marrying into a completed family already, mm-hmm. and uh, swore myself since I was I think twelve years old that I would never change a diaper or pick up poop or anything like that. <laughs> and now we have a puppy. And, now you uh, have a puppy. Completely lost. <laughs> That's. I am picking up poop constantly. That that is that is my morning routine. Every morning, my 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 dog is so neurotic. He's he's been on the podcast before. He's the office manager, um, but he is so neurotic. Come rain or shine, it doesn't matter. That dog has to go to for a walk every morning. It drives. It it's to the point where, like, if if I'm having like if I'm busy or if I'm having you know, busy days or bad days. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's going to go for a walk. He's going to poop and he's going to make sure I pick it up. That's my world. <laughs> I wonder how he makes sure you pick it up. Bites oh, he just stares don't. at me. Yeah, just stares at me. That's funny. Kishu. I actually, okay. I had, uh, my wife told me a story with the little one a couple days ago. Nolan is helping clean out the cat litter box and then asks her about having a pup I want to have a puppy one day. And then, and then there's her says, Mommy, can you grow a puppy in your tummy? <laughs> what has science brought? <laughs> oh, that's so cute. He's got some basic understandings of where things come from. That's nice. Well, just, I mean, he's it's still tummy. So, yeah. So? But he's like, when she said, no, I only grow babies in my tummy, uh, mommy dogs grow baby puppies. He's like, oh, how do we get one of those? Like, disappointed <laughs> that we don't have a, a mommy puppy to have a... Uh, uh, mommy puppies. Kids. We, we, had a, we, had a, we have a developer, um, or we have a developer who uh, brings his little corgi into the office and uh, they were all there on Wednesday, and this little this dog is, it's been there enough times now where it's like comfortable, you know. It, it it understands that it's allowed to be there. It comes to my office and jumps up on the couch and lays down. And I thought we said no dogs in the office. 
No, you said that like a million times. Nobody listens to you. You've got to show up before you can establish rules for the office. You've got to be at the office. Okay, that's how that's how it goes. <laughs> so maybe but, uh, state rules change. This is true. This is true. That that might be happening. So we're we're in conference season. All of a sudden, like everybody's announcing their conferences. Uh, tickets are going on sale. You, you t- uh, PHP Tech is now available. Um, Laravel just announced uh, their conference and where it's going to be. Uh, tickets aren't available yet, but you know it's going to be in Atlanta. It's going to be at the uh, uh, aquarium, which sounds super cool. Um, that sounds interesting. Oh, no. no hey, way man, to, way to calm it down. <laughs> we went to a. Uh, I saw uh, your mind we turning. To... Like I'm going to go through so many adjectives here. Like I'll stop it. Interesting. Yeah, I no, I, I I cut myself off for sure. The wife, my wife has been in the healthcare field for years, and she's worked for some high end like doctors, and they had like this big thing at a uh, the Sea World here in San Diego, and it was probably the coolest kind of gathering i had never been to it was in one of the aquariums so like the stuff is going on and then you kind of look over and then you know it's like th- you're in an aquarium like there's it's cool it's a cool atmosphere very relaxing there's just there's a shark correcting your react talk <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah I, I understand the mistake you've made but that's es6 <laughs> uh so i'm particularly interested in tech this year um the wife again, and I have been very seriously considering moving to Tennessee, Nashville particularly, which is where tech is this year. And uh, I was just telling John, I'm like, we might actually go out there the week before tech and do a little house shopping. We got our first call from a realtor today, as a matter of fact. Oh, really? So Just do what I do and, and find a house on uh, Zillow and blindly move out without ever seeing it. What's that? That just just find something on Zillow. That's what normal people that's do. What, that's what we yeah. did. Yeah, we did. That, that's no, exactly no, he's, why the, he's saying you just you you find it, you buy it, and then move. You don't even look. Go oh, look the, at yeah, it. you know, you just don't look you, at you it. never go look at it. Oh, I gotcha. No, no, no. Yeah, no. We we found a house. Uh, I, I, you know, it's funny. It's like that industry. They're like vultures, man. They can't like if you if you show the slightest hint of interest, boom, they're calling you like crazy. I I just sent a message saying, you know, I'm interested in this location. Uh, Any idea on what internet uh, uh, companies are available to it and what internet speeds it has? Because it's a little rural. I mean, it's not super rural, but it's a little rural. It's like right there on the edge. And I submit that. And like three minutes later, they're calling me on the phone. Hi, this is your agent, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I just want to let you know. Yeah, there's high speed internet there. These are the these are the companies that that you know you these are the options you have. And and next thing you know, it's like a 15, 20 minute call with them. <laughs> I wonder if they're using phone burner. They have a lot of uh, realtors using their service. Might be. <laughs> and this is this is going to be interesting though. May in the middle, you know, of Nashville, it's a it's a, a little bit uncomfortable. Why is that? Just heat? It or? gets it gets humid mm-hmm. and buggy. Mm-mm. Although that is a good time to see uh, fireflies. 
I do love. I do miss fireflies. We don't have fly, fireflies here in San Diego, at least not where we're at. Actually, I do miss fireflies. I had a weird experience where I thought I saw one. I was out in my yard the other day, and like I saw something. I'm like, that was weird. There's no fireflies here in San Diego. And then I saw <clears> another <throat> one. Like, okay, super weird. My neighbor had a was doing a wood fire in his fireplace, and he had little uh, oh embers, <laughs> embers flying uh, out. <laughs> I was gonna say, and then you, and then you woke up in the hospital and said, "Damn it, not again!" <laughs> don't don't follow the fireflies, John. <laughs> All right, you got me there. That is something to be concerned then, about. Well, I've told you guys that tech is probably my uh, my goal conference for next year. Cool. Submit, submit to be a speaker. Oh, yeah, I'm getting pressured for that too, Thomas. John's already submitted, so he, he's he's just kind of kicking back and just grinning. but and, and convincing other people to submit. I don't know why. That lowers my likelihood of being selected, so that's kind of silly. So that's why. <laughs> I do need to I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I just feel pressured to do it. I I I, I want to do it. I, I, I honestly want to do it. I mean, I am, I'm always so, like, at all of presenters at conferences and i feel like i could do it i'm just not good at it <laughs> no you're really good at it it's more about coming up with a topic you know it'd be fun is submitting like a joint one and do some sort of like comedy thing <laughs> that would be funny like do like a i mean that's basically sort of thing. that was how sdphp did it for a while is the two of you would do a whole who's on first routine well that's no, we just, the, just the intro in during our intro yeah the intro you did a couple uh, joint presentations. No, never. Oh yeah, when it, when I first started doing it, you don't know what you're talking uh, about. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. That's true too, which is another reason why I can't submit. I gotta come up with a topic. I gotta come up with something. I don't know what. I just. I, I'm so terrible at that. I'm just terrible. I'm just terrible at, at teaching. I'm I'm a bad teacher. I don't. I've got a, a developer topic that a uh, friend of the show, Tim Lytle, asked me to talk about. Tim Lytle. We love he, Tim. He didn't ask me to he talk gets about more air, He gets more airtime in our podcast than, any, I think, than Buttery Crumpets now. <laughs> Possibly. So, <laughs> I, I think I've talked about it before. I don't know how much detail we've gone into, but one of our clients is FoamBurner.com. And it's an interesting relationship that we have because they brought me on as a contractor before we had Diego Dev. And it grew into Diego Dev kept growing. And then we switched instead of me being just a contractor, they are a client of Diego Dev, but they also have a development team of their own. And I, I do the work on their contract for Diego Dev. So that's why I always re- reference other developers. Anyway, we're in a, uh, a sprint planning meeting. So they're trying something new for 2020 doing six week sprints. And mm-hmm. everyone got together today in a long two and a half, three hour conversation. To one explain what the plan is for 2020 and then to start estimating some of the tasks for this first six week sprint. And the person running the meeting called us all resources. Ah, yeah. See, that's what you are, bitch. I know. You're a resource. <laughs> so, 
if anyone that oh, I love the I love the two sides of the spectrum here, where being called a resource is is somewhat uh, demeaning, versus being called a resource is an incredible business opportunity. <laughs> so that if you know Cal Evans in the industry, that's he tweets out this kind of stuff all the time. Like if if your managers call you resources, you you should be able to call them overhead. That's right. I, I agree with that too. I totally agree with that. That and that is. I have no issue with that. So I'm trying to explain this this whole topic to my wife, and I'm like, why can't they? Why did they, we have to be called resources? Why isn't it? You know, we're gonna do this as developers. You know, we're gonna apply four developers to the sprint versus four resources. And she has a different take on the word resource because in her field, a resource is somebody you reach out to. I'm going to refer you to somebody else, another yeah. uh, another therapist that might be able to handle that particular need. So she hmm. has resources that she can reach out to or to refer people to. Like, well, but but we have the kind of the same thing, right? I mean, we have yes, you have developers. You also have system ops people. You also have project managers. I mean, not everybody's well. A systems ops people love being called resources, though. The further you, they can abstract themselves away from being yeah. called humans, they're well, yeah. But you, you also have you also have laptops and printers and other resources that people use. So it's more like you're being used versus being a team member or somebody that has expertise. I really think you read a little too much into that. No. You're one of those very sensitive millennials, you know? It's like, I don't identify as a resource. Yes. I'm a developer. How, how dare us software developers worry too much about language definitions? <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, and, I mean, John has done a lot to... to I, I'm, as we know on this show, the most guilty of that because I, I use it all the time. And to me, I mean, I'm, I'm not being derogatory. I'm not cheapening anybody's position. I'm just generalizing what we're throwing at a client. But you also come and from I, that corporate background where people right. are resources. Yeah, big blue. <laughs> and, and I mean, you know, John's made some valid points. Of, of I, I can see how some people, you know, might take exception. I mean, I don't think it's a derogatory way of referring to somebody, but yeah, I do see the way it, it, it kind of uh, objectifies a person from saying. Sure, you know, and I, I'm not. I'm not like taking too much offense right. at it, but I do also know myself really well. And if someone referred to me as a resource, I would correct them and say my name is Tom. <laughs> All right, Tom the resource. There we have it. <laughs> yeah, that's close enough to my last name. There you go. Yeah, so just, just throw developers into it, not resources. You're good to go. Oh, boy. But I've been man, trying. Those, those meetings can go so long. I, You know, I, I have one, one of the PTSD things, issues I have from my time in the enterprise was meetings. I I am so much not a fan of meetings, and... And even today, it's like, I don't think even our clients understand. It's like, when you have your entire development team, all your resources, when you have all your developers on a meeting, and that meeting's an hour long, and you have like four developers or five developers, that's five hours of work that's not being done now. And that's five yeah. hours you're paying for those developers. 
and I just, I, I can, I mean, I, I, I hate meetings. I do hate meetings because so many times they're so, um, you feel like they're productive and then you realize a couple days later everything's changed and that meeting you just had is absolutely worthless. At photos of whiteboards get reviewed about as frequently as photos of food. <laughs> or photos in general that just get taken and put up in the cloud. Yeah. Just just file that away under this was a, a four-hour meeting and we got one photo out of it. <laughs> so you said you had a lot of questions for me. No, I just wonder what happened to you, man. It's not very not very often you go radio oh, silent on me. Just a lot of teenager stuff. Ah, it's not work. No, no, no. Work's been busy. We're doing we're we're hauling stuff out right now, but uh, just chaos. <laughs> I can appreciate that chaos. Chaos and puppies. <laughs> Chaos and puppies. That's, yeah, he has to. He has to go outside at two o'clock every night. So like, I have to do that, and it's <laughs> otherwise he poops on the floor. <laughs> they 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 kind of they, they're kind of simple like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we're we're training him now. We're doing all sorts of this puppy training stuff. Uh-huh. So, like every article of clothing I own has treats inside the pockets, <laughs> and they're like just all over the house, like on my desk and just just everywhere. Uh-huh. I've been popping them every and once in a while just to have something, <laughs> just just to feel alive. <laughs> and it's it's just weird because like. He's he's gotten so used to the whole treat for for going to the bathroom system that when I take him outside to go to the bathroom, he stares at me while pooping. <laughs> and then when he's done, Don't make when he's done, contact. runs at me full speed with a big smile waiting for his treat. <laughs> and and it's bad when all of a sudden you're in the house and he runs up to you with a big smile on his face waiting for a treat. My my kids did the same go, thing. It it does uh, it does calm down. Like after a little while, they're like ah, I don't, I don't need those M and M's anymore. I got this. <laughs> Speaking of little ones, I know you guys have been watching The Mandalorian. No. Oh yeah, yeah, been watching. Baby Yoda. Do I need baby to watch Yoda, it? baby? Just the cutest thing. Are you a, ever. are you a Star Wars fan? Yes. Oh yeah. Then watch it. Yeah, if you're a Star Wars fan, you'll like it. Yeah, well, or or Firefly because it's basically a reboot of Firefly. You know, you're right. It is, isn't it? It's a spaghetti western. Precious cargo chased across the universe by the Empire, uh, <laughs> hunted down, landing on planets and saving the locals and taking off. So, should I watch That's Firefly right. first, or should I it's, watch Mandalorian first? Well, you should watch Firefly first because it's one season and Mandalorian season isn't over yet. It's got another two episodes. Also, if you haven't seen Firefly, like, shame on you. Yeah, Firefly is, is one of those rites of passage for every geek. Gotta watch yeah, Firefly. it's one of the greatest shows ever made. It was. It, it's actually really good. Is it you on, need to watch it. On Netflix or? Uh, I'll find it. it should, That's a good question. It. it should be on I haven't Netflix. seen. Yeah. It's on one of those because I I I, I binge watched it, so it's on one of those. I, I don't know which one it is. Fireflop, uh, Fire, Netflix, Hulu, Hulu, Amazon. Somebody has it. 
It is on Hulu. There you go. Firefly is a. It's a, it's a quick watch. It's like like I said. It's it, it's one of these uh, sh- it's one of these shows where due to the uh, fans' outcry, they actually created a movie to wrap up the show because the fans yeah. are so mad that they they canceled it and they wanted they wanted some sort of conclusion that they ended up making a movie to to wrap up the series. I always love that. When people yeah, demand the conclusion, it's like, you realize it's just made up anyway. <laughs> no, you the, can conclusion, make up your own the conclusion... That's no, like, the conclusion was brilliantly executed, though. Is that the movie, Serenity, is also totally amazing. Well, that's like... To, to John's point, though, I, I watched this, like, all of a sudden this outcry... Uh, over the Wonder Woman trailer about the fact that she's swinging from lightning bolt to lightning bolt. They're like, that's not physically possible. I'm like, you understand it's Wonder Woman. Like, she's blocking bullets. She's, you know, jumping, uh, you know, three flying, miles at a time. Flying in an invisible none, none car. Of that's, right. None of that's possible. So the fact that she's lassoing uh, uh, lightning bolts, jumping from lightning bolt to bolt, I think it's pretty badass. Let it go. <laughs> it, it's pretty badass. But... I am kind of burned out on the '80s right now. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I know that's a big part of this movie. I, I don't know how much they they kind of goof on it, but yeah, yeah. It's the whole thing takes place in 1984, and it's like the the Stranger Things, the latest Stranger Things season was like late '80s. I think '87, I and a lot of that. Stranger Things. A lot of that stuff. It's. It's good, but I'm just getting tired of of well, the throwback. And However, got, uh, Captain Kirk's back. How, how's he? How's he get brought back to life? I'm, I'm, Wait, he died. Uh, yeah, in the in the original no, well Wonder of Woman. old age or something. In the original Wonder Woman, he died. The Wonder Woman show. He flies off the plane. It blows up. Oh yeah, that's right. Unless he does old Captain America thing and gets frozen somewhere. <laughs> I don't Captain know. Kirk. I don't know. You said Captain Kirk. I was thinking Star Bananas. I don't know. Yeah, no, the same actor who played the new Cap, the new Kirk. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Chris Pines. Chris Pines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but hey, since we're on pop culture, Star Ghostbusters Trump. trailer. Okay, I'm excited. Yes. I'm so excited. Definitely. I'm excited. Um, I was a little weirded out by the uh, setting for the movie mm-hmm. until I saw a little explainer thing that was like, hey, they drop a hint about something here and you missed it because it was just so small. But the place that they're at is a, a ranch that was owned by the guy who designed the building from the first Ghostbusters. Was it? Oh, I thought it was the. Uh, I thought it was the uh, guy who de- designed the Egon. E- Egon. Yeah, I thought it was Egon. Yeah. So what what got derived from that information was that after all the ghosts were vanquished in two, he went seeking out the cult of Gozer and the origin of all these supernatural powers that were in the building from the first one, mm-hmm. and he found himself on an abandoned mine that was owned by the architect. Ah, And that's where he was creating the cult of Gozer. And it sets up so many cool things. Like the thing I had, the problem I had with the reboot was out of nowhere. They're just like, Hey, we've got all these new toys where you can punch a ghost. Mm -hmm. 
And like they had no time to research or understand what the hell it was they were doing. They just said, here's a box of new toys. And they all started doing it. It was just lame. Mm-hmm. And in this case, you get all of the stuff that Egon was making for years or decades after the end of Ghostbusters. And it's just dusty and barely works. And it's like the classic Egon style mm-hmm. of like, like, hey, this thing is a giant bomb. So <laughs> don't use it. But also I'm going to need you to use it. And it's, I, I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I like, I like, I, I, I was, when I saw the first hint, and it was just the, uh, the uh, Echo One uh, car in a barn. Right. I was right. like, oh, what the hell is going on here? But now that I've seen the trailer, I'm like, all right, all right, that's, that's kind of cool. I'm looking forward to it. We'll see. And, and, and Paul Rudd. Who's in everything. He is. He's in every but movie But he's, he's a nerd. Mm-hmm. Paul Rudd is a nerd. You know he wouldn't sign on to a bad script. And, like, when he holds up the ghost trap and he's like, oh, it's a cool replica, I was like, oh, that's so great. Like, he's like a, he's an old Ghostbusters fanboy and he's mm-hmm. into the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm stoked for it. Have you seen his new show on, on Netflix, that Living With Yourself? I started no. it. No. I started it. I haven't finished it yet. We're, Interesting. We're, Interesting way they film that. Yeah, we're like four episodes in. It it is interesting. Yeah, yeah. I need see. To, I need n- to n- neither of you has said it's good. It, you both said it, it's interesting. We, I've kept watching it. So, and it's it's a show I watch with my wife. So we don't watch much TV together. So when we sit down to watch, that's what that's our go to right now. Yeah, is is catching up on that. It it takes a, it takes a little getting used to, it, and if you don't like those. Uh, those shows that do a lot of time jumping, like my wife Beck, she she can't stand time jumping sort of movies. This does a lot of that, where you're they're, you're back not, and forth, you're back and forth. Yeah, they're not doing time jumping. It's they're showing you the future no. and the, the past of what's happened. But it's, right, right, it doesn't you, keep you that never, up as bad. You never. Oh, he doesn't. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's yeah. Yeah, it's cool. That sounds all right. I can get on board with that. They basically film the same show twice, where it's like from different perspectives. It's like you watch, you, right. you end up watching the same the, the same sequence of events two times. You just watch it from different perspectives. I really think there's only the first couple of episodes. Okay, because I need they're... I need to jump back on board with it. Yeah, but the the premise is he goes he's in a depressed state goes to the spa because his friend did it and his friend's life completely changed and it's a little ridiculous that you got to spend fifty thousand dollars and he's willing to plop down that much cash but anyway you go to the spa and what it basically boils down to is they clone him into a better version of himself and then they right and then they kill off the original you but they, they don't tell you that they don't. They don't explain that to you when they do it. But yeah, sure. that's that's the idea. Spoiler alert! Oh, and there's to say that first, right? Yeah, yeah. There's exactly. a lot of. I have a lot of issues with that, like the way that we understand consciousness. It like, just I'd, let I'd it like go. it if they got super deep into that. <laughs> well, this this actually gets into that a little bit. It's pretty good. It's a fun show. Anyway, I didn't mean to derail. You guys said Paul this Red, which been... made me think of that. Ugly oh, no, movies. Pop culture minute. Oh, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Pop 
pop culture. Speaking, pop culture of, speaking hour. of things to be excited about, PHP 7.4 is out. Yes. Yeah, so we've had a request to cover features. <sighs> Anybody using it yet? That's the big question. Negative. We are not yet. No. But yeah. I am on Laravel 6.7. Is that the one that came out today? Uh, it actually came out yesterday, and uh, Laravel News just didn't cover it until today. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, I, so I, you, go ahead. I was going to say, I know the arrow functions is one of them, and was it you, Eric, that posted something in uh, our Slack channel about making it easier to understand? Oh, no, it was uh, Daryl, I think, posted an article how where it was easier for him to understand what arrow functions were and some of the... Oh, idiosyncrasies behind them. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, arrow functions are interesting because the the idiosyncrasy is the feature um, for me. Inside of an arrow function, anything that's defined in there has its scope limited entirely to that function. And the way that it handles scoping things inside and outside are very different than the rest of how PHP handles scope. Um, so it's not something that you want to jump into and just start using without thinking. It's definitely something that you're going to want to do research on first. Um, and unfortunately, I don't have like a good explanation of the details of it right in front of me. I'd have to pull up the article I read originally, but yeah. Arrow functions are cool, and I'm going to use them. And definitely since I'm going to be moving into more React stuff, I'm going to be using them more just because the they function very similarly to each other. I was going to say, it's the, it's the same pattern, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. And kind, of, kind of the same pattern. In, in ES6 JavaScript, you can actually shorten arrow functions even further um, with just using an equals greater than. It's, it's, there's dumb stuff in ES6 that I don't understand, but... And John, yeah, it's, it's John, didn't you say with the cool. release of 7.4, uh, one of the versions, like one of the seven versions come end of life, right? 7.1, yeah. 7.1 is end of life. Or 7.0, I can't remember which. Man. All right, now, now I have to see uh, uh, end of life. Checking it now. Uh, <sighs> can't, can't keep up with it. 7.1, end of life. Man. And seven two is security release only. Ugh. And we've got uh, type properties now. Can't keep up with this. Can't keep up with it at all. Yeah, yeah. Type properties. Yeah. I think type properties are going to be great. You know, I, I, I'm. What? Why do you think they're going to be so great? I, I don't get it. This we had this conversation, didn't we? Yeah, because every time I pull in a library that uses type properties for for it, then the IDE immediately picks it up and says, hey, here's exactly what you can put here. And the moment I type a bad character or the moment I reference a bad object, it says, no, 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 no. And I catch it way before I even have to start debugging something. Well, I mean, we, we had them via doc box, but now you get rid of three lines for every single variable in your class. Yeah. Right. Which would be nice. And, and is this also the one that I wasn't a fan of where you could have uh, multiple return types or something? 
Was it? No. No. Okay. Where was that at? Didn't didn't we? Have I believe that, that is. I believe that is approved for eight. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that one. You are a fan of the null coalescing assignment operator. I am a big fan of that one. Yeah. Uh, I am a fan of that one as well. Yes. Yep. Um, yeah, we, we don't have it on uh, any servers yet. We need to probably need to do that fairly soon. Um, yeah. Here, here, no I think the, the big one that Thomas was super excited about was the numeric literal separator. Where you can, <laughs> That's what we talked about. Yeah. You can use an underscore <laughs> instead of bunching all your numbers together. Yeah. You came around on that one, didn't you, Thomas? I did. I, I did eventually come around. Yeah. Yeah. What's uh what's this one? I, I didn't see this one. Array spread operator. That's kinda cool. Array. The um the unpacking? Uh it just says yeah. array spread operator. So we've already had the spread operator, but it looks like they uh are doing more with it now. Like, yeah, it's basically array packing is what I think you're saying. Um, yeah, that's that's what it sounds like. Yeah, a, look, looking at looking at the examples, that's that's what it is. Instead of having to splice yeah. and dice your arrays. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of cool. I mean, that's one of those things. That's one of those things that I'm going to use almost day one when I start having drop downs. Because if you ever have to pull data from multiple sources in drop downs and then like put them in a specified order, mm-hmm. then it's just it's such a pain in the ass right now. Collections have helped with that, but mm-hmm. no, I like I like the the unpacking. Yeah. Um, FFI, which is it, just sort of gets one line in the uh, in the documentation here, but FFI means that you can call non-native functions defined in C libraries. Yep. Basically DLLs. Mm-hmm. Um, and God knows what's going to happen there. Well, I know you, you had some concerns. Um, you know, maybe people will, will stop creating so many PHP extensions and things like that because they'll say, hey, there's already a C library out there that does it. I, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. I, I, I get that, but but this is something that that's in just about every other language has some variation of this. Yeah. So I think it was just it was just one of these things that you know developers coming from other languages are like, hey, I already know this this C library is out there. Why can't I just call it? it, it I don't I don't see myself particularly using it just because I'm I'm not of that mindset. Yeah, it's so you know. need to have a, you need to have. See knowledge in order to for it to impact you. Yeah, I mean, maybe, um, maybe a good tutorial away from actually appreciating it more. I, I never really had a huge opinion about it either way. I know Taylor uh, when we talked to him was was big on the whole preloading thing. I've seen a lot about the preloading stuff. Um, so that's you know that's finally a thing, but. That'll be interesting to see when frameworks start requiring 7.4 just so that they can take advantage of preloading. Well, so the way preloading works is that it's not mandatory. If the preload file doesn't exist, if the preload cache doesn't exist, it just runs like a normal program. Oh, okay. Um, the 
the way that the whole preload system works is actually going to be part of Composer, where you're going to generate your preloads. Hmm. Um, the same way that uh, when PHP initially introduced auto-discovery, it worked, but you had to like write your auto-discovery script, mm-hmm. and now Composer does that for you. So the big thing with preloading right now is that the Composer community is trying to figure out the proper way to handle uh, a preloading tag on Composer install. So that's that's something that we'll see coming, you know, next couple months or something like that. Um, I wouldn't worry about preloading until until then. But I mean, like you said, seven point one is out of date now. Seven point two is just security fixes. I mean. Frameworks are going to require 7.4 in two years anyways, no matter what. Mm. I don't know what's going on. I just I just noticed it for whatever reason, but I am like losing power quickly to my laptop. I'm down to 63%, and I'm plugged in. I don't know what's going on. And you've had a couple of those audio blips recently. I have. Well, I haven't heard it. Yeah. Hmm. So I may need to uh, plug in my another power power adapter to this. I don't know. Are you are you how using the new one? No, well, I'm using the uh, external GPU. Right, but are you using the new power? Oh, you're using that to power your laptop. Yeah, it's never been a problem. I, I've I've been using it. So so, go ahead, lay it on me, Thomas. Yes, I I I got the new 16 inch MacBook. Whatever. I didn't get the tower, though, so screw you guys. You guys don't know me. I've, I've heard the 16-inch MacBook is actually all right. Hey, I got an escape key again. And I tell you what, love this keyboard. I I, 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 I was never super happy with the other one. Um, but, you know, because I usually use a dock, it didn't really bother me. Just occasionally when I, when I had to, you know, actually use the laptop. But... Going back to this uh, this laptop and this keyboard, I really remember. It's like, oh man, I actually enjoy typing on my laptop again. This is this is awesome. And then I have an escape key, and I have a shitload of RAM, and I have a shitload of disk space there. I was like, I don't even have to. I had a terabyte of disk space on my old laptop, which I'm like, I'll never run out of disk space with a terabyte. And damn, if I wasn't like struggling with disk space. I mean, it wasn't terrible. <laughs> I had like a hundred gigs, but yeah, you you put together a couple like these streams that we do. This restream app actually stores it locally, so every time we stream, it's like a two gig file that I have to go in and download. Now I don't, now I don't sweat it so much. I'll, I'll go wonder, in there eventually and download. I wonder if that's what's messing with your audio. Maybe, maybe. But yeah, but for for whatever reason, I just noticed that I'm I'm dropping power like crazy now. I don't know I don't know what what it is. Um, so these these new laptops do have the bigger battery, and it had the bigger charger to go with it. But I don't know, man. Technology is confusing. It's confusing. Um, speaking of confusing, and speaking of uh, uh, well, John. What I do this time? If you listen to last week's episode, uh, the audio version, it's it's a little bit of a rough edit in the in the in the sense that there is no editing. <laughs> 
our, our, our good friend uh, uh, John actually took another crack at uh, editing a podcast, and he, he almost got done with it. <laughs> he got to like 70%. After, uh, after crashing, crashing multiple times, I threw my hands up in the air, <laughs> wanted to strangle somebody. Thomas knows I, I have this I have this OCD thing like I I don't want to record another podcast if the if the previous one isn't released yet. Oh no, I agree with you on that. That's fine. So so when John gave me that gave me that message, I'm like, damn it, I'm gonna have to I'm just gonna strip it from YouTube and publish it. <laughs> so I I totally I totally didn't listen to it. There's no editing on it, with the exception I I cut off. I don't. We, if you watch the podcast, you know we'll sit here and talk for 15, 20 minutes after the recording, and we'll usually stream that. I'll, I, I went ahead and cut that off, but there's no like little gag thing before the, the intro, it just jumps right into the show. <laughs> so, what day did that come out on? Like a couple hours ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. sounds like. So it's not Six so it's not the easiest job to get it out on the weekend. Six or eight hours ago. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it does take a while to get it out, no, it but it doesn't. still does get out. Thomas, Listen, thank you for all you do. He's a complete. He's a complete noob. <laughs> he's a complete noob. Come on, I assure man. you, I still am too. Uh, I, guess, I, I got my I got my editing down pretty quick now. I was the trying so hard to make myself of- not sound so bad. And I'm like saving constantly, and I found like a a bug within uh, Audacity where I originally saved the project to Dropbox, but then I realized every time I do anything, it's uploading all those files. So I'm like, oh, I'm just going to do a save as and save it locally. But just before I did that, I deleted the files from Dropbox, completely <laughs> threw Audacity off, like. I don't know what to do. Yeah, it, it, it hates that. Yeah, like, but it's still open. You can still save it. Nope, can't do it. But uh, I was do able you to- get. I I totally get your. That's the one thing. Like when I edit it, I'm horrible at it because first thing I can't stand the way I speak. I can't stand the way I breathe. Now I understand why my wife hates it when I breathe. Uh, <laughs> I, I the ums, the ands, the blah blah. Oh man, I'm like, how's anybody take me seriously? I I can't. I just can't. You you are so close to a revelation right now. I don't want to interrupt you. You guys as friends. <laughs> We're the worst. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> You're so close. You're so close. Figure it out. So, keep keep going. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, if if you ever want to get better at speaking, record yourself speaking and then edit that recording. And you really start to become more aware of what you're saying. I mean, I'm still terrible at it, but I feel like all three of us are so much better than when we started. If if you were to go back and listen to some of our first shows, it's just really bad. A, don't do that. No, yeah, don't do that. Too many, too many people have done that, have messaged us that they're listening to the whole backlog. <laughs> and the first question is why? I mean, it gets out. I mean, it's not like what we're talking about is, you know, doesn't have an expiration date. <laughs> it's like the stuff we talked about the first two years is meaningless now. Have we been doing yeah. it that long? 
I mean, the stuff we talked about a month ago is pretty meaningless too. The stuff we talked about last, last week. week. <laughs> last last week doesn't carry a lot of weight either, to be honest with you. John, we're on episode one seventy one. If we recorded every one seventy two, one seventy two. If we if we had recorded every every week, figure fifty two shows, uh, a, a year, right? That would be one show a week. I Very mean, good. just do the math there. Right, the six minus four divided by three. Yeah, it's like a year and a half. Don't forget about the c, the c variable there. You know, and then keeping in mind we don't record every week. You know, we take breaks and miss weeks here and there. And you know, it's it's been quite a few years. I think we're in year five now, right? Four or five. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's cool though. I enjoy it. I I still look forward to it for the most part. <laughs> All right, I have an interesting story. Lay it on us, and it is it is somewhat code related. Awesome, we do like talking about code every now and then. Um, we we talked a bit about machine learning systems and uh, and sort of their growing pervasiveness, but there was a new study that came out that said that machine learning systems can be manipulated with bad data, small amounts of bad data, to intentionally leave back doors in the system. Interesting. Um, for example, if you were machine learning an innocent-looking person versus a guilty-looking person, and your data set had 100 pictures of you specifically, and it was always as an innocent person then when that machine learning system saw you, it would be a 100% match across the board for an innocent person. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me a lot of Minority Report, because Minority Report is the same general idea, which is that a system is in place that with a very, very light touch can be manipulated into believing something that isn't true mm-hmm. with absolute certainty. Well, we've heard stories in the past as well as how uh, machine learning is is prone to your your normal social stigma uh, stigmatism, like racism, sexism, you right? Know, that that sort of thing. And it, it, again, it, it come it's, it's not even it's not even that it's intentional. It's not even intentionally being done. It's just the pervasiveness of that issue with like a certain group who might be doing that that teaching of the AI, you know? Well, one of the interesting things is that's that's a sort of an unintentional effect from culture issues. This is a an active attack um, mm-hmm. that uses these machine learning algorithms. There's there's only like six machine learning systems out there. And you can test, you can pre-test your results on these machine learning algorithms before you push it out to an adversarial, what they call an adversarial attack. Um, and, and one example they give is that if you just do this very, very slight thing, then a gun looks like a helicopter to a machine learning system. Mm. So there's, there's a lot of interest right now in having machine learning systems that can quickly identify a gun, but... 
these machine learning systems all have the same general vulnerability, which is that it always looks at normal-looking guns, and that if you throw it off with a small amount of information, if you put a sticker on it, on the gun, that has a, a reflective pattern that the machine has never seen before, then it will identify it as something completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can even go further than this. Uh, the, the article, or the sorry, the research study goes further than this and says, you know, you can make, you can use machine learning to generate machine learning attacks that are imperceptible to people. So my example of 100 pictures of me is easy to pick up if you start saying, why are there 100 pictures of Tom in this database? But if I have my cheeks and my eyebrows and my nose randomly associated to innocent people pictures, then when it gets all of that data together, it sees my whole face. But no individual person could ever see that. Mm-hmm. So it's these, it's these weird things about where we're going to move forward trusting machine learning because machine mm-hmm. learning is only as good as the initial data set and having looked into machine learning there's not a lot of data sets out there because the data sets have to be really really big and very highly tuned so there's a couple companies that provide these 10,000 picture data sets or 100,000 picture data sets and if you sneak stuff into there or if, they, if you realize that stuff is missing from that data set, it's pretty easy to find a flaw in the system. Mm. So it's... it's but if, if you're, as if we you're move creating towards, the system, you're not providing your own data set to make sure it's being set up properly from the beginning? No. Well, seems like a flaw right there. That's... Yeah, it is. And that's the issue with, with the what they said was systemic racism in data sets, was that you were buying data sets from a company that was in Washington and only had a lot of affluent white people, and they didn't realize that they just didn't have black people in photos mm-hmm. on their data set. That just didn't occur to them. Um. You know, there are cases where, yeah, you do make your own data set and you have to go through it one image at a time and tag the component that matters and that kind of thing. But even then, you're, you're working from a base set that you bought from somebody else. You're not taking 100,000 pictures. You're buying 100,000 pictures and then identifying something in the picture. And if I buy pictures, if I want to have a, an app that I can identify any food, then it'll handle burgers and it'll handle hot dogs and all the Americana stuff. It'll probably handle sushi and Indian food and Italian food. But then you start looking at like Mongolian food and I'm just not going to have pictures of that. Mm, Mongolian. But it wouldn't even occur to the person who's doing the tagging on the data set that they hadn't included Mongolian food. So it's, it's interesting stuff. I mean, we're moving more and more towards these automated systems. Uh, San Diego, especially, has is, is got traffic light cameras that are doing machine learning based object detection now. Oh, I just, uh, actually, I just, interesting you should say that. Let me see if I can find it real fast. Uh, this is off the cuff here. I just saw a tweet from the EFF uh, today that said last year. 
Uh, San Diego Police Department used facial recognition on, like, you know, whatever, 600-and-something people. In 2020, it will use facial recognition on zero people. And I, I think it's implying some new policy was implemented um, about facial recognition. Uh, I know it was the EFF. I'm looking at their Twitter feed right now, trying to find it. So I'm still There's a here. huge push to ban facial recognition for law enforcement. It says, last, last year, cops in San Diego used mobile devices to run 25,000 facial recognition scans. Next year, this will be zero. San Diego to suspend facial recognition program. Which is interesting because it's, uh, yeah, it's, you know, and we talked about it before. It's like, you know, we're still in the infancy of, of a lot of this, a lot of these tools that are going to be very helpful. But the way they get used, especially by government, they really need to be monitored. They have to have some oversight. They have to, they have to be done with a lot of caution in, you know, you definitely want to make sure you have people like these uh, civil rights groups involved with it because it's 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 dangerous ground. They're doing the legwork. Hmm? They're doing the legwork. I mean, that's that's the thing that you know. It's it's always a conspiracy theory until it comes true, and then it's too late. And yeah, that's. The facial recognition thing, I, I, I used to be fine with it until I saw some of the bad data results and what happens with the bad data results. And it's terrifying. I agree. But but I, I also think that it can it can get it's going to get better. And and that's the thing. It's like how it gets used, how it gets implemented. You know, those are the things we have to make sure we have a handle. We can't just throw it we can't just throw it out the door and say, oh, no, we can't use this. This is horrible. It's Sure. The, you know, but, when you're looking, but when you're looking at law enforcement, the one that's best is not the one that's going to sell best. The one that gets the most people is the one that's going to sell best. The one that has the most convictions is going to sell best. And if we're selling a product based off of its ability to convict somebody whether or not they're guilty, actually guilty... I understand that. Then the, the, then the, the lowest this, common this was, denominator is this was be always, the winner. This was always my problem with red light cameras, right? Because you know there was no there was no there didn't seem to be a, a, a right to defend yourself against it, right? I mean, and for and first thing, I mean, I, I don't know if this holds true throughout the country, but the the, the big issue I had with red light cameras here in San Diego is that they were run by a private company outside the state of California. And so some private company was, you know, acting as law enforcement in my hometown of Poway and issuing tickets. And I said, okay, they're a private company, so they have to make a profit. So right there, that neglects the civil duty that, that, you know, they're, they're supposedly doing. They're not doing a civil duty anymore. They're trying to make a profit. And you know you can't you can't have that conflict in in that world. It's it's like you you can never be in a position where the civil duty you're you're performing is dependent on you making a profit off of it. It it, it just can't happen. And that's and one there of the, was 
There was a lawsuit, I believe it was San Diego, that ended up getting all of the red light cameras removed because they were able to show that the private company that was running them had shortened the length of the yellow light and it actually created a more dangerous intersection for the sake of profits. That that, that is, well, yeah. That, as somebody who experienced it, I will attest that is very true. Every light that had a camera, the yellow light was noticeably shorter. And, yeah. and, and we're not talking about like a little, hey, was that a short yellow light? It was quick. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. Yeah, um, and I, I believe I believe the company got sued for manslaughter because because good. of that. Good. So it's, but as long as the corporations control this technology and control how it's implemented, this is going to be the scary future we're we're approaching. Is you right. know, people are quitting Amazon and Google because of their uh, associations with government agencies on facial recognition technology. And then, and to top it off, when 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 you have your government representatives who make it clear that once they get elected, they don't care what the what the general consensus, you know, what their people want, they're they're siding with their party, and you know that's you know that's what they're you know that's what they're going for. That makes it even more difficult and challenging. That's true. We didn't even mention the fact that uh, today's impeachment day. Yeah. But we don't, hours. we don't talk about politics. Don't talk about politics on this show, do we? It's, it's getting no. harder and harder in, in the tech world not to talk about it. I mean, you know, we're, we are becoming the politics of the future. I, I've seen too many like arguments at conferences over it. It's not worth it. <laughs> oh, over what? Politics. Oh, yeah. Oh, just, I, just in general. I, yeah. yeah. I saw a huge blow up between a couple people years ago, and it's like, yeah, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut right now. Politics, yep. religion, dietary requirements, you just don't talk about those things. <laughs> it's a, a, friend of, a friend of mine attacked me on Tuesday because I had made a, an offhanded comment about uh, uh, subtle white supremacist imagery on something that it turns out he was a big fan of. Hmm. Is strange. All right. You better not so on that. I feel like on that we're... on that note, I have. Okay. I have what would normally be considered a pretty bland story, or just sort of, haha, like weird stuff happens in the tech world. But I read this very long article about the do it for state domain name. Uh, if you don't know, State Snaps is a company that has really blown up on Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat. And the businessman behind it uh, did not like that someone was squatting on his domain name. Uh, so the, the big hashtag for State Snaps is do it for state. And someone realized as this thing was blowing up, that it was going to be a business opportunity, so they bought doitforstate.com. And over a period of years, the conflict between the two businessmen got more and more heated until the point where the guy who owned the domain name had a person break into his house and at gunpoint tell him to go to godaddy.com and transfer the domain. 
What? So, on its own, very interesting story. State snaps founder convicted over arm plot. <laughs> 14 years. Wait a and minute. Wait, wait, so, so oh, now no, I, I missed, I missed something. What's he's now facing up to twenty years of imprisonment. Yeah. So he he created something that went viral, but it went viral with a terminology that he didn't anticipate. Someone else picked up that hashtag, bought the domain name for it, and was using gotcha. it to make their own merchandise and party hosting service. Um, and it, it, it escalated badly over a family dinner. But the interesting thing to me was the guy who bought the domain name was a former GoDaddy employee. Hmm. And when the robber busted in and told him to transfer the domain name, he knew something that he knew the robber didn't know, which was that the new policy to prevent this from happening was that the transaction had to be confirmed three days later mm. by both parties. And so while this guy's got a gun to his head and he's waiting for the domain name to transfer and get the acknowledgement that it's on his account now, he realized that he could either be stuck with the gunman for three days or the guy could lose it and just shoot him. So he transfers the domain and then distracts the guy and tries to grab the gun from him. He gets shot in the leg. That's almost never a good, good approach. It's a bad approach, but he got shot in the leg and ended up getting the gun away from the guy and shot him four times in the chest. Jesus. The guy lived. <laughs> of course he did. But it turns out that the guy was not the businessman who created the do it for state thing. The guy was the cousin of the businessman. Hmm. So the police were like, well, why did you do this? And he said, well, my, my brother told me to do it. And he told me he'd give me some money for it. <laughs> and his brothers and his brother, amazingly enough, continued working without being arrested for months and months and months. Because he said, no, it was totally his own idea. I, he just wanted me to drive him somewhere, so I dropped him off and left. <laughs> oh, 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 really? So he actually drove uh-huh. him to the location? Yeah, he drove him, to, drove him to Walmart to get burner phones and then drove him to the location and then heard the gunshots and sped off. Oh, my God. But he was sitting in the car on his phone, refreshing the GoDaddy page and waiting for this domain to transfer to him. That's a crazy world we live in. It is. Right. The, the sad end game of the story is that the guy who owned the domain name Mm-hmm. basically hasn't gotten anything out of it substantial he tried to do some marketing and do some party service related stuff but uh, never never made even close to what the initial offer was for the domain name from the original businessman that's <laughs> <laughs> the way it always is alright yeah. I think that's it what do you think was that good do it for state do it, do it for episode 172 do it for PHP Ugly. 
Can we wrap it up? Are we good? Absolutely. Ready. All right. I'm Eric Van Johnson. I'm John Conkin. I'm Tom Rideout. Keep it ugly. Keep it ugly. Keep it ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Show notes can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at phpugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or directly off the PHP Ugly RSS feed. A rating of five stars on iTunes is appreciated. Submit articles to phpugly at reddit.com slash r slash phpugly. Until next week, keep it ugly.